everybody, welcome, great. Taylor. So here's our this this is our cold intro. There's no countdown. There's nothing. Nope. Here we are. So here we go to officially start. This is episode three of the Real Investing Show. Woo! Boom! Excited. Today yep. is one of my favorite topics, and that's burr. Yeah, burr, burr. So grab burr. your jacket. Do what? Grab your jacket. Yep. Grab, grab your jacket. jacket. Burr. So, quick intro. If you're just logging in for the first time ever, my name is Stephen Earp, and this is my cohort, uh, <laughs> uh, trusty colleague. Colleague is the word I was looking for. Uh, Taylor Davis, and we're both involved in real estate, real estate investors, and Taylor's also an agent in Norman, Oklahoma. I live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and so we've been going live, um, recording some podcasts uh, just to talk about investing in real estate at every level. And over time, we'll talk more about um, you know how people can get involved. We've already had a couple of people actually pull the trigger and get involved in real estate as a result of yeah. our two episodes, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, uh, and also I, I wanted to mention this, like, if you guys are thinking, Hey, we, I, I want to get involved in real estate. How do I get involved? Feel free to like message me or message Taylor. Um, especially, uh, we have opportunities for, uh, people who are passive, who want to be passive investors. Maybe you have some money sitting somewhere, uh, and you know, uh, and you, you know, you, you want to put that into real estate and we can definitely help you do that. So, uh, so anyway, uh, any other introductory comments you want to make taylor no uh you can find me on facebook uh facebook.com forward slash the letter j taylor davis so. yeah so, and right now you just just reach out to us directly you know so yeah absolutely. Um, yep um so let's talk so today so we've had some questions come in but we've been talking about how people can get involved to get to get started but today we want to talk about a strategy that many investors use called the burr strategy and how many r's are in that and let's just maybe go through them one at a time, and I'll let so, you kind of take the lead, and I'll just kind of ask questions. Yeah, I think there are four R's. Uh, okay. So you've got buy. Yep. Buy the property. Mm -hmm. uh, renovate the property. Mm -hmm. Rent the property out. Mm -hmm. Refinance the property. Uh huh. And then and then repeat. Okay. So I guess there's that's star repeat and and so um steven have you have you ever heard of infinite banking strategies have you ever heard that term before i've heard of it but i don't know what it means okay so if you follow like people on tiktok and things like that they'll, they'll kind of give you this idea of, of, of an infinite a way to set it up with whole life and there's different strategies to it i honestly don't know a whole lot about it i know uh the concept this is kind of like that within the real estate model. Okay. And uh, so that's why I link it to that is, is one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest things that holds investors back from building wealth fairly quickly is this yeah. idea that you have to accumulate the 20% down in mm -hmm. order to buy a rental property. So you're buying a $200,000 house. Well, you've got to save $40,000 right. to put into that. And then it's going to sit there right? The $40,000 is, is there. So now you have to go, you have to wait and save up another $40,000 before you could go buy another $200,000 house. Right. With the birth strategy, that's not what you, 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 
you work harder on finding the deal and you work, you put a little sweat equity in and then you are able to bypass the 20% uh, effectively with the refinance. Okay. So um, you want me just to just jump into? Yeah, let's jump in. So Bert, so buy, maybe we'll talk a little bit about each one and then I can maybe yep. ask some follow-up questions. Also, if you guys are watching, I know I want to give a quick shout out to Jen Murillo, uh, who's watching from the Philippines. Thanks for joining in, Jen. Hey, Jen. Uh, and also Veronica Seitz is watching. So thanks for jumping in, uh, Veronica. Um, if you're watching, let us know who you are and where you're from. And if you have questions about real estate or investing, uh, we would glad be glad to uh, tackle those if we are able. So uh, Burr, so there's B and then four R's, B-R-R-R-R. Right. So, right. so let's talk. And then, and then this is primarily uh, within single family, but I guess you could do it with commercial real estate or anything. Really, it's just yeah, a strategy uh, for. It's just it's a financing strategy, really. It is. And okay. So, so the the step one and okay. One what, thing. What that, is the purpose? What's the purpose of it? So that you don't have to leave twenty percent in a deal. That's what slows people down. It's not that you have to put 20% in there. It's that you put it in there and you don't get to pull that back out. If you okay. are able to pull that back out and then go use that same $40,000 to go buy another property, now you're able to do that process over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the first step is buying. And, and here's the thing. Uh, across the board, you make your money when you buy. Like that's... That when you buy a property under value, that's when you make mm -hmm. your money because your exit strategy doesn't have to be some crazy thing. You've already bought with equity in place. So right. finding the deal, um, which we could spend episodes on how to find deals. Yeah. Uh, but finding the deal is, is step one and making sure that there is enough uh, that after the renovation, there's still enough equity to be able to pull this strategy off. That's step one. So you want to buy something that's undervalued, right? And and that's every investor. Uh, right. But if you can find something that post-renovation has about 20% equity, then you're going to be able to get all of your money back out of this. And, and I've actually been able to do this two different times where I actually was able to pull every dollar out that I had in it. And so then you have like an, now I've got a rental property that's cash flowing and I was able to pull all that out, but it starts with buying it right. Okay. So step one, you have to find the undervalued property. We'll go into some episodes on that on another episode on how to do that. Good work. Step, step two, renovate. So you're, you're, you're buying something that's in order for you to find a deal. You're typically going to be looking at something that other people don't want. Right. Like, uh, one of the best thing, and oh man, I I love listening to other people and gathering other things. But one of the things that uh, Beardy Brandon talk has said before is, yeah. um, you got to love the problem, and you got to love the fact that there's a problem because that's how that's our business is we right. we solve problems. So right. I remember uh, there's a local in the local area, um, Oklahoma City area. There's a mentor I had for a while named Pat Poynton, and he told me. He loved it when the house smelled like trash or even smelled like dead animals because yeah. no one wants to buy it. And that's the smell. He was like that. See that smell, that smell. People think it smells like trash. No, it smells like money. Right. And so, uh, yeah, we wouldn't that's have it. an industry if right. there wasn't a problem. 
Right. Right. And so right. And the problem is there are certain houses people don't want to buy as they are right now. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so you buy a property, you renovate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, here, I'm going to go into this real quick. You can even buy this uh, with a bank's money. Banks will lend on rehabs uh, mm -hmm. and do a rehab loan. So they'll even give you the money for the rehab. You just have to put the 20% down. And in some cases, maybe as low as 10% down right. uh, if there's enough equity in the house. So a lot of the times people feel like, I can't do this because I don't have the money for the rehab and a down payment. Talk to a local bank because mm -hmm. local lenders, smaller banks, they do that. They do rehab loans mm -hmm. and they're your best friend. So uh, do you, what other financing? I'm going to ping this back to you or like yeah. other financing options that you've seen. Um, so um, short of. OK, so some different some different ways that I have bought houses in the past. Um, when I first started. I worked, this was years ago. We bought our first house when we were 19 years old. My very first house, I bought on an owner finance. So in other yeah, words, the yeah. lady wanted to sell it and and we were like, well, can we pay it out over 10 years? And then she just said yes. And it was super low down payment. And I mean, I was, I mean, that was a few minutes ago, right? I'm 47 now, but I was 19 years old. We bought our first house and um, and we paid it off in 10 years because you know she she financed it for us at a very low interest rate and so that's one way i bought houses another way i bought houses in that same area at that time i was living in a town called el reno oklahoma which is about 35 miles west of oklahoma city so it's kind of like a, a town of about 15 to twenty thousand people my second rental that i bought i purchased uh using bank money so i i bought i bought i was probably 20 um and this and i drove by this house the other day the 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 second house i ever bought it was it was on Hayes in uh in el reno and the person i sold it to later still owns it really but uh, yeah and so i i bought that house and the bank i you know i showed them my how much money i had in savings and i and i banked at this bank it was a local bank um and they financed a hundred percent of the house purchase but i had to put the money in for the rehab now right. that was just a local because local banks do their own. They do whatever they want. Right. You know what I mean? Like a local bank, they, they follow their own rules. And so that's what we did on that one. Um, I've had other ones where um, where I put down. I, I have done I have done the Burr strategy before. I've, I've done a deal where I've, I've bought a house and moved into it and lived in it, lived in it for more than a year and then moved out of it. <laughs> right. And then you get right. a lower payment when you do that. Yep. Um, and then I've also on two or three occasions, I've done Burr, the Burr strategy where I, you know, you, you put down 10 to 20% and then you come, you rehab it and then you come back in later and you refinance it. Right. Um, the strength of that is you can get into them. Um, you know, you still have to have some money to get into them, but you don't have to have as much and you can get your money back out so you can go do it again. And, the the downside to it is like you have multiple closings and things like that so it's like right. you do incur some costs several thousand dollars when you uh, refinance but um but if you buy the deal right you just have to make sure you buy the deal right so those are just some examples of how i finance deals i've also financed deals using investor money people who wanted to be passive investors um there are also times when i've taken over payments for people um so we've yeah so those are just some of the different ways that we've 
There are so many ways to finance property, though. Sometimes people don't realize in real estate investing, you're only limited by your own creativity. 100%. You know, it's like if you're buying stocks or mutual funds, you're pretty much going to buy it this way at this price. It's a set price. But within real estate, um, like the price is negotiable. Uh, you can put sweat equity into it. Uh, you can uh, you can negotiate the terms. So sometimes I've paid more for a house, but I've convinced the owner like, hey, why don't you carry the note for me for 10 years or 15 years or 30 years even? Um, and it's like, I'll, I'll pay you more money, but I'll pay it out over 30 years or, or whatever. So there's so many options on that. You just, you just have to be creative and, right. and keep making offers on houses. So that was kind of a long answer, but those are some of the ways that I've done it. But the birth, birth strategy, I think is one of the best ways, especially for a brand new person who wants to keep doing it. Right. Well, and yes. And, um, and isn't wanting to live in the home because you talked about living in the home for a year. Yeah. That is a great strategy. We'll go into that another time with the house hacking stuff. But yeah, uh, so you buy it. You're going to run your numbers when you buy it. You're going to look at, hey, what is this worth when it's completely renovated? How much is it yeah. going to cost me to renovate it? And then take rough, you know, 15 to 20 percent off of that. That's going to be right. your equity. And then that's what you can pay for it. So you when you buy, you actually start with the end in mind and work your way backwards through all of your expenses to come to right. being able to get your money out. So you buy it. So you're buying it, let's say at, you know, 65 cents on the dollar, probably. And you're going to go in and put some. Yeah. You might let's use some real numbers. So let's say, okay. let, uh, so let's say you pay $65,000 for, for a, a house, house that when it's done, when it's renovated and fixed, it'll be worth a hundred, a hundred. Okay. Okay. We'll use nice round numbers so it's easy for yeah. everybody to convert. Yeah. So, so you're gonna buy that. Let's say you're gonna buy it for sixty five. You're yes. all. You're ideally, and this is like the home run burr, is you're gonna get a full twenty percent out, like uh, equity in it. So right. if if I can buy this for sixty five, put fifteen thousand dollars into it, and then it be worth a hundred thousand dollars, I'm moving forward. Yes. Uh, that's that's the deal that I'm looking for. So so you buy it at that, you put your $15,000 renovation. Your goal is to make this rent ready. Now, my wife's an interior designer. She likes to make things really pretty. And that's great and we do that sometimes and yet it's not always the most uh financially savvy strategy, right? right, right. Like it it making things rent ready that are that are to what our market standards are what you're looking for making right. sure that you're you're in the market standard that you're hitting on your rental so then you you renovate it and you rent it out and you're yes. going to so you're going to in the beginning you, you're going to run your numbers on once this is renovated how much is it going to rent for so let's just use round numbers and say a thousand dollars a month is what the rental market is when okay. you're done okay well, a lender is going to allow you to offset your debt to income ratio, okay? Which is one of the primary, there's two, there's two real big factors that lenders look in when they're financing you. They want to know how much you make and how much you spend. That's your DTI. And then they want to know your credit score. So, yeah. so that DTI is a debt to income ratio, mm -hmm. uh, well, if you have a payment, now you've added debt. However, they're going to be willing to take 80% of your rent and call it income. Right. So 
if you rent this out for $1,000 a month, they're going to look on paper and say, well, $800 of that is your income. So, so it shows that you're making more income, which, which allows you to borrow more money. Correct. And now, yeah. so it, it, what that allows you to do is once you've leased this property, now mm. your borrowability goes up mm. and now you can borrow against this asset. Okay. Right. So, so you, you, you buy it 65,000, you put $15,000 in it. Now you're, you, you sign a 12 month lease cause it needs to be a minimum of a 12 month lease for, mm -hmm. for most lenders. Um, and you're going to rent that out at a thousand dollars a month, mm -hmm. which is going to offset your, increase your income by 800. That's how they're going to look at that. Yeah. And you're going to go and now have to wait six months to do this unless you go with a local bank. But you can go to a a normal mortgage, a 30-year fixed rate Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac mortgage, like the same mm -hmm. type of loan that you would get for your primary house, that same type yeah. of lender that you would right. get your, for your primary house. You can get a cash-out refi. And yeah. a cash-out refi, what they're going to do is going to, like, if you have, you've got $65,000 of your own money in here. Let's say you, you saved up or, or maybe you borrowed from a line of credit like we talked about in the last episode. Uh, yeah. Maybe you borrowed from a, a home equity line of credit. So you don't really owe anything on this particular property, possibly. Uh, mm. They're going to allow you to give a cash out refi. So they're going to go and appraise that property. Let's say it appraises mm. at the 100000 that we planned on it. Right. It appraises at $100,000. They're going to give you uh, between what, depending on the lender you go to and, and what product they give you, between 75% and 80%. Right. So, so they're going to give you $75,000 of your money back. Well, remember you only put $80,000 in this. Right. Right. So on a, on the more conservative route, they're going to give you 75 local lenders could potentially give you 80%. Mm -hmm. So if you go back and you get the 80%, you could have no money in this deal, mm -hmm. but your payment on this, let's just run a payment. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, let's see what a payment is on a, $80,000 property. Give me a second. You got uh, check our comments while you're doing that. Okay. Uh, so I love to run real numbers here. So we're going to put in $80,000 on a conventional loan at today's interest rates. All right, so your payment's going to be about six seventy five, roughly. That's including taxes and insurance. So, so your you payment's going to be how much? Your uh, payment's going to be about six eighty uh, six six eighty five with including, PMI and everything. Okay, uh, which actually taxes. no, I I apologize. I have something in there that I shouldn't. It's actually going to be closer to about six thirty. So okay. about six hundred and thirty dollars is what your monthly payment's going to be. Okay, and and you've got this rented out at a thousand dollars a month. Right. Yeah, so you're cash flowing about three fifty. Yep, minus minus your occupancy yeah. rate and and you know maintenance. So you'll yeah. take a little bit of, or for that. But you're bringing in, let's say even after if we factored one hundred fifty dollars a month for that, you're cash flowing two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you also are sitting on twenty thousand dollars in equity, right? Which which you added to your net worth, right? Like it, it's there you were to ever sell this property. Right. And uh, so you still have the equity. And then on top of that, you've got the tax benefits. 
right? right? So so there's all these tax benefits to owning rental property. And so you get the tax benefits, you get the equity you have. On mm -hmm. average, it's going to appreciate at a 4% rate. So every year you're going to add about $4,000 roughly to the value of that home. Right. So that's going to continue to go up. So you're making $4,000 in appreciation. You're making $200 a month in cash flow. You've got the tax benefits. And at the end of the day, you have some between zero and $5,000 in this house. Yeah. And yeah. And you can do that. How does over... that not like just not no, people it, out? It, I don't get it. No, it gets me so excited. And not only that, like, I, I mean, to me, it's like also on paper, I would have to do the math, but on paper, you probably take a loss on the house because, yeah. you know, because you, because you're depreciating it. And so yeah. you can take that loss and you can put that against other income. And so it actually benefits you on your taxes, but your, your net worth and your income are going up and you can do that as many times as you have the bandwidth for. Um, and, you know, and like I, I mentioned this in our last show, but like in our state, um, just based on normal inflation, I mean, the average property value doubles every 15 years. So right. like, you, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, you're, you're getting appreciation, but on taxes, it's going, you know, they're depreciating it. And so every year and see every year, your rents, they're going, their, their market rate on your rents go up every year. The, the value of the property goes up. And so, uh, but the, your debt goes down and it's the and tenants that are paying it. The tenants are paying your debt off. Yeah. And the government allows you to depreciate that asset over 27 and a half years. So, I mean, yeah. I just ran numbers. You're going to, you're going to lose on, lose on paper mm -hmm. a little over $2,000 a year, which means you're paying less $2,000 right. a year, less in taxable income. Right. Um, so it, 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 it's just this win all the way around. And now you've got, let's say you put $5,000 into that that deal right, right? you left five thousand dollars in a video so it wasn't this home run deal it, it wasn't this perfect you burn. didn't get all your money back yeah but but let's be real most people can save five thousand dollars a year it's hard for people to save 40 right mm -hmm. and do this yeah. over and over and over doing forty thousand yeah. dollars at a right. time right but but you do this at five thousand dollars a year you could do this every year over and over with just saving five you know five thousand dollars a year for a down payment um yep. Well, and, I, and when I get to do that. Yeah. When when we bought our first house, I was making eight dollars and fifty cents an hour. I was working construction job, and I, we just I just saved money and saved money and saved money and yeah. pinch pennies, and, and that's how we bought our first, very first deal. And then when we bought our second deal, by that time I had a little bit of savings and I had a relationship with a local bank, and that's how we got started in real estate. So right, um, and yeah, and so you you've you've refinanced it out. You're done with this deal. Now all you have is a property that you have to manage or pay a property manager to manage if you choose to do right. that. Right. And you get to go to the last R, which is repeat. And now you're right. back into the step one. Let's find something to buy. Yeah. And this is such an easy strategy that mm -hmm. most people, even most people with a day, like a, a full-time career job mm -hmm. have the ability to do if they'll take a little bit of time and do this. And you're, you're not always going to get a home run, but even the beautiful thing about this is even if you don't get all of your money out, you're not leaving 20% in. So it's going to be a win. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. so just to review the Burr strategy 
It's a way to invest your money in real estate and maximize maximize your leverage or you're maximizing your potential earning based on using the bank's money. Right. So you you first you have to buy right. So the burst right that's B with four R's. You you buy the property right, you get the best deal you can, you renovate it, and you you get it up to market standards, not beyond that. A lot of investors will put too much money in rental property. Um, you want to keep it uh, at market. I like to have mine a little above the market because I this is kind of a, a personal discipline or even I feel like a spiritual imperative where it's like I want to I want to improve the neighborhood, the quality of the neighborhood a little bit with every rental property I own. So Absolutely. I want it to be slightly better than the local, the rest of them, but it can't be like twice as good because right. then I lose a ton of money. And so um, so you're you buy right, you renovate it and, and get it fixed. You rent it out. You get someone in there for at least a 12 month lease. Then you go to the bank and you refinance. And when you refinance after a six month period of time, you have, um, you know, you should be able to refinance it for 80% of the value and then pull your money back out. And then you have, uh, you have money or you have credit available to go do another deal and you repeat. And right. You can do that over and over. So I agree. I, if you imagine the average person that's working a regular job, and if he or she just says, we're going to do that once a year, once for the a next year. 10 years, just once a year for the next 10 years, you do we'll that once a, a year for the next 10 years. Yep. Oh yeah. In 20 years, you'll be a millionaire. If you do that once a year for the Easily. next 10 years. Yeah. So, uh, the, and I just ran the numbers real quick. Cause I was curious. Mm -hmm. So in this, in this strategy, let's say I left $5,000 in there. let's say they only gave me, uh, did a 75% cash out refi. So yeah. I left $5,000 in this deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm only cash flowing. I calculated conservatively and I'm saying I'm going to I'm going to give $150 a month toward occupancy and and maintenance. Yeah. So I'm only cash flowing $200 a month, which is not much, right. right? But I'm even at that because I have so little in this. I am I am got a 48% return on investment. Okay, help me with that. Help me with So help, I've help got a, so for the money that I put in there was $5,000. Okay. okay, that's what that's how much money I actually have of my money in this deal is because you pulled your money out because I pulled my money out. You refinanced it. You got your money back. Right. So yes. now I've got five. I only have $5,000 in this deal. And in the most conservative way, I'm making $2,400 a year. Now, is that sexy? Is that going to like, is that one piece going to change the trajectory of your family? No. $2,400. Yeah. I mean, but it's a 48% of what yeah. I put in, I'm going to be getting back to me every year. Yeah. And it's only going to continue to go up. And that's not including appreciation, which is another $4,000 a year. If I included mm -hmm. that, I actually have m over a hundred percent of my money back in the first year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a couple of, a couple of comments I might make, then we'll have to wrap it up here shortly. But um, one is if you do pull all of your money back out, that is an infinite return. That means you're getting a return on money you didn't even put in there. Right. Like, right. Like if, and you, if you pull all your money back out, you know. And I did that twice. And, yeah. and one of those, and this is the thing that I want to share real quick. One of those was a house that was on the market listed with an agent in the MLS. Because people talk about mm -hmm. not being able to find deals, you know, in the MLS. That's not true. Like you still can. And that was a year and a half ago that I did that. Yeah. And, that, would that be worth a podcast episode next time? Tell people yes. how to find deals on the MLS. Hundred percent. 
Let's do that. Let's next week. Let's talk about how to find deals on the MLS, like like undervalued property on the MLS. I mean, like mostly I buy from individual owners, but like I've definitely gotten some killer deals from. uh, And actually, I have a couple of good examples. I want to get into it now, but we need to wait. So we got to wait. You're watching next episode next week. Uh, Keep following us. And next episode next week, we'll talk about how to find deals on the MLS. Um, But uh, with that being said, we're going to need to wrap up here. I think any closing thoughts, Taylor? Uh, this is just, there's a, there's a lot of, if you want more information, there's a lot of information out there, obviously reach out to us. This is some, this is one of my favorite strategies. It's my favorite strategy for the average person who's in a career and doesn't want to inconvenience themselves too much. Totally. And also if you're sitting there and you're like, Hey, I want to invest in real estate. How do I get started? Or what do I do? Or I'd like to, I'd like to passively invest in real estate, but I don't want to do like labor and work or rehab hit me up or hit Taylor up. And we always have opportunities for people to sort of partner with us in deals and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So let us know about that. Thank you guys uh, so much for watching the Real Investing Show. Taylor, I love doing this with you, man. Bye. Catch you later. <laughs>